You're listening to a Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. What's up, creeps? Welcome to a brand new Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. I'm Justin. I'm Be Ready. And on this episode, Ready, Be Ready. What are we talking about? Oh, what are we getting, reviewing on this episode? We're getting real sick tonight. Oh, 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 oh look what look what you did there. Well, it's been a while since you. Why haven't you been on the show? Oh, you got hit by a car. That's right. Is that why you weren't on the show last <laughs> well, week? Well, uh, yeah, I got hit by a car, and then the week after, I slipped on black ice and busted my other knee. So, I'm out here just hobbling along. So, yeah, it was it was uh, it was the first time I've ever been hit by a car while walking. So, uh, can't say I want to do it again. Uh, not a great time. But uh, the the poor kid got out of his car. And he was like crying, and I was just like shocked at what happened. And I, uh, yeah, I just couldn't. Okay, so you're back though. Yeah. You're here. You're alive. You're healthy. Yeah. And we are talking about Sick, the brand new slasher film that just debuted on Peacock this last weekend, um, written by none other than Scream's Kevin Williamson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the movie has some prestige automatically when you attach that name to the writing team um, of any kind of movie, let alone a slasher movie. I mean, it's kind of like horror royalty, if you will. Yeah. Um, and he also produced the movie. Interesting that it did go directly to streaming on Peacock. I mean, we, we need those movies. Those movies have their place for viewers. Um, but I, I feel like the more we talk about this movie, I don't know about you, Brady, but I feel like this movie could have benefited from a theatrical presentation, even if maybe a, just a limited one. I know I say that about a lot of stuff, whether I like it or I dislike it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are talking about this one for obvious reasons. And, well, if our listeners are unaware, Brady, and what the movie is and what it's about, why don't you let them know? Yeah, so Sick uh, opens at the beginning of the global pandemic we've all come to know as COVID-19. And it features um, a pretty small cast that we'll get into, which I I think works for the movie. But the movie focuses on Carefree Parker and her more mask-abiding best friend, Miri, as they venture to Parker's family cabin uh, to isolate from the rest of the world during... The initial stages of COVID. Um, after receiving some unsettling text messages from an unknown observer, the girls quickly find themselves in a fight for their survival. Yeah. And then, of course, as we've said on this show for years and years and years, hijinks ensue. Uh, but first, before we go on the actual review and initial thoughts, Brady, I have to ask you, I mean, the mm-hmm. movie is centered around COVID as a subject around about, you know, a time frame, if you will. Do you think we're talking about this movie in 2023, the first month, January? Do you think it's it's too soon to be riffing on COVID as a theme for your horror movie? No, not at all. I mean, it's it's been everybody's reality, whether you believe in masks or not. We don't have to get into all that. But, you know, everybody still lived through this experience. And uh, I personally don't think that there's a time restraint on when you can start uh, using it as creative juices some people i mean if you want to call it exploitation sure but like we've we've all 
seen the genre do it before and not just this genre but every genre like come on like i don't think it's too soon i think if they had well, we haven't we haven't had any covid related romantic comedies yet have we they haven't, uh, adam sandler hasn't done one of those yet has he? i think we have i think I, i've heard <laughs> oh one. have we okay i would probably watch an adam sandler one though i would actually get really down with that Dude, I got to tell you, after watching him in Hustle last week, you know, horror genre aside, he's fucking fantastic in that. I see now why he's getting all the praise for his performance. I don't even like sports movies, and I loved the shit out of that movie. It was fantastic. I think the last but, yeah. sports movie that I watched that I really enjoyed was The Way Back with Ben Affleck that came out last year. The year Wasn't before. that another basketball movie? Yeah, he's like the Washington coach. coach. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty good. So I'll have to watch that yeah. one. Um, but no, to yeah. answer your question, no, I, I don't think it's too soon. Um, I can understand how people might be apprehensive to go see it but it's it's a horror movie come on if you oh, yeah, live through this just go watch it laugh at it a little bit and it's funny because you know if you look back two years where we were at as a society as a country if you will covid was you know considered a terrifying thing i mean a lot of people were very very fucking scared about this thing and covid is like the least scary thing in this movie yeah well i mean <laughs> you know what i mean i don't know i guess i don't know about virginia right now but i know massachusetts boston specifically is seeing an uptick in covid cases but i think it's that time of year too not to write it off but it, this is the time of year and and things are getting a little more lax everybody's trying to get back to normal so maybe that adds an extra level of fear to this movie coming out now during like flu season i mean it's entirely possible i mean it's funny because the movie opens in 2020 mm -hmm. right and so much has happened in that amount of time i feel like during covid time slowed down for everybody yeah. you know we, we we weren't able to go to concerts you know going to the movies for a long time was not a thing either which absolutely destroyed my heart and soul and body um going to the gym was also not a thing so a lot of things we weren't able to do but the movie opens and you're like you feel like you're transported back to this ancient time, which was only two fucking years ago. But yeah. it's crazy to think that, like, how, you know, once we got through it, for the most part, you know, as a society and started to move forward. Now it's only been a couple of years and it seems like it was so long ago. I mean, maybe that's just my perspective, but no, I mean, it definitely when it opens with uh, Tyler is his name, I believe. In, that's right. In the store, I was like, oh, man, like I remember working at Starbucks at the time and having to close the store down and then reopen it and put arrows and tape down so people knew which way to walk and you're putting all the mask signs up so like that brought me back to a very specific place um and yeah I had to be like wow like that was not 10 years ago that was almost three years ago because it'll be what three years in March right yeah that's right yeah because that's I'll never forget it was like I was working one day and I was literally I had just received my NECA Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie shredder and splinter action figures at, at work like I had them there and I was about to display them and I was like oh no I'll just do that tomorrow because I had like you know I've got like action figures I got Jason and Michael Myers on my desk and the next thing you know we were told you know via a text the next day don't come into work and then we never went back to work just was like figures i'm going are, back in dude those fucking boxes are still sitting there with those figures i'm, I'm guaranteeing you just sitting on my desk collecting dust god damn it i, I don't know why i never go back to get the god i just things. imagine like, like in the movie backdraft like you and a team are just going in there <laughs> climbing the I'm, stairs I'm, looking for your action figures I'm, I'm climbing the fucking side of the building man like spider-man <laughs> cut a hole in the fucking glass and slide in and where's my goddamn figures but but no, I mean, like, I, I honestly, to get to the opening of the movie, I have to say, um, and, and there's got to be the comparisons because 
it's been a while since Kevin Williamson has written a horror movie. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I I can't even. I, it was Scream Four the last thing he wrote that was a horror movie. Uh, I believe so. I mean, right off the top of my head, um, you know, he did not write Five Cream, aka Five Scream. Cream. He just produced, and he had a lot of creative input. But so there, there's got to be. This anticipation from fans. I know I had a little bit. I didn't have an expectation, but I did have anticipation thinking like, whoa, Kevin Williamson's writing a new slasher movie. I mean, hearing that in the same sentence is kind of exciting for any fan of horror, especially Scream fans like ourselves and fans like us that love I Know What You Did Last Summer. I mean, 90 slashers are our thing. So it's like, whoa, you know, this many years later and he's returning again. And so I feel like the opening, you know, you have to compare there's got to be those comparisons to scream, but it has this cool cold open with this character, Tyler, who's just literally going out to the grocery store, you know, and trying to pick up some shit. I mean, there's a, a toilet paper joke, which of course I feel like that's on the nose a little bit, but I, who's not going to laugh at that now? You know what I mean? Like yeah. I mean, thinking back that that was a thing where we had to like literally search for toilet paper for fucking weeks and, no one could find any. I mean, do you remember the videos of like them bringing a pallet of water or like a pallet of toilet paper out at like a Costco or BJ's and people swarming like zombies just grabbing shit? Yeah. See, luckily for me, all I did was I lived in an apartment complex at the time. Oh, Brady, I don't know if you remember this. Yeah. I would just go downstairs in the gym bathroom and just take the toilet paper. <laughs> so we were good. If we were running out, I'm like, I'm just going to go downstairs to the gym and until they locked the fucking gym. They said someone's stealing all the fucking toilet paper. <laughs> well, no, they were like, you can't you can't use the gym anymore. So that's when we, we bought all that gym equipment. I was like, fuck, because for the longest time, I'm like, I'm just going to use this gym. No one uses it anyways. But um, all that aside, <laughs> the movie opens with the toilet paper thing, the kid grabbing some tissues, and then like this mom is like, Dick. really, bro? Yeah. <laughs> really, dude? I was like, damn, this kid's getting shit on all over the place. Dude, he gives and, her the box. He doesn't even put up a fight. He's like, here you go. And she's like, dick? Well, I was like, what? Well, dude, also, you know, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. It's a mother. She's holding a child, you know? So, I don't hey, give a the, fuck. Listen, Brady, we know you hate children <laughs> I very, hate very much, <laughs> but that poor kid, you never know what's going to happen. Okay. Snack Sna- goes all over the place. I know what's okay. going to happen. Anyways. Well, <laughs> the movie the, the movie conveys something that we've seen in plenty of others uh, in the past few years, you know, text bubbles popping up on the screen. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, I don't care anymore. It's one of those things that annoys me, but I let it go. I mean, I guess it's a, an easy way to do it because you're not going to like zoom in on someone's phone constantly or have the screen just be, you know, shoot to a zoom in um, of a phone constantly. So it makes it easier for the scene to continue on with seeing what they're receiving as a text, because that's one thing we were talking about pre-show a little bit is, you know, you're still a young man. You're still in your 20s. I'm about mm-hmm. to turn 40 this year. But there's this this part of you that's like you you either have to accept that you're going to see these younger characters in these movies constantly with a phone in their hand if it takes place in modern day. And I, for one, have completely accepted it as long as it's not done obnoxiously. You know, the one thing that this movie did a good job of is the characters, when they were talking to each other, at least didn't always have the phone in their hand looking at the phone as they're talking to the other character. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, but I th- this go ahead. No, I was going to say the movie moves forward from there with, you know, this Tyler character receiving texts from an unknown number, which I feel like happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. And 
it's like asking him, like, what are you doing? You want a party? And he's like, automatically like, yes. So clearly this kid doesn't give a fuck that COVID's a thing because he's like, I don't care. Whatever, yeah. I'll, I'll party, you know? Well, he says, sure, who is this? So, I mean, he's still a little cautious. It's not just he's like, he's sure. And then, But the- I understand. But I also understand, though, like how much it sucked. Yeah. Like, do you remember when during COVID when we we couldn't see each other and I'd be like, I'd text you and be like, I, I, I wish we could I wish we could get a drink together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or uh, I remember I graduated college during COVID and I had like a get together and everybody like sat in a circle like 10 feet apart from each other. And I was like, this sucks. Like, I get it. Like, I like I wasn't mad, but I was like, I didn't this go. Really sucks. No, you you didn't come. It's OK. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I cared. I, I, I cared about COVID, Brady, and you didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I actually got COVID <laughs> in, in, the, in the beginning at March. I was probably patient zero, honestly, with my luck. Well, I mean, look, we got we got someone famous on the podcast. So. I mean, what could I say? Uh, but anyways, I I mean, I I think the opening is really strong. Not just yeah. because it takes you back to a place, but I think the suspense is done well. And even when Tyler gets back to his house, and you find that which, by the way, spoilers, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, sorry. Yep, spoilers. When Tyler gets back to his house. Uh, and the killer, you find out that the stalker killer has followed him. Like, I think the fight is really good. Like, it's very prolonged and drawn out, but not in a way like you're like, all right, someone needs to die. Like, you're still in suspense the whole time. And then when he ventures back out of the apartment with the baseball bat, I think it's done great. Looks down the hallway, flashes back to him, killer's behind him. Classic. Loved it. Very Scream-esque, uh, very late 90s, early 2000s type slasher. Um, I had a lot of parallels to Scream, I think, this is the first time you see a knife come through the door in the movie, not the last. And that reminded me a lot of Scream. So I was yeah, like, all right, cool. The movie right off the bat plays like a modern version of like a traditional 80s slasher to me. I mean, all of the archetypal things are there. I mean, the kid, yes, he has a one-on-one fight with an intruder. We don't know who that is. And he is able to get away from him, go into his bedroom. Then he grabs a baseball bat. I see in the bedroom, the window is open. I don't know how far up he is. I assume since there's a couple floors he was pretty far. that he's up a couple flights. Yeah. But number one, just like every other slasher, the character isn't smart enough to be like, I'm going to try to get out the window. Number mm-hmm. two, when he, he only takes like a breather, right? Literally maybe 30 seconds before he opens the door back up when he thinks the intruder is left. And because then he hears from an alarm. there, like I would never go out. Like you hear the alarm, I'd be like, "No, I don't give a fuck, uh, dude." I'd be staying in there for the rest as of my long life. as I could. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or find. I assume he could find a way to contact someone from there and be like, "No." But this kid, I can see where where they're going with what kind of character he is. He Careless. he's ready to fuck this dude up. Yeah. I mean, he he put on a really good fight with this intruder. Yeah, he's ready to fuck him up. Like, you don't go in my house. Like, I understand that point of view. But the, the second part that he does that is another fucking slasher mistake that we see all the time. He goes out of his door, sees that his front door is open, thinking like, oh, I'm going to go out there and see if the dude's there. Number one thing you always do is check the whole house or apartment first before you try to go out anywhere. But no, of course he doesn't. He goes out steadfast out the front door and he's done. Yeah. Also, what are you going to do? Your hand just like you ripped it from the knife in the wall. And you're ha- you have a wooden baseball bat against a guy with a knife. Like you've put up a good fight at this point, but like I, for one, would not go back out there. I, I know I just said it, but like I, I that 
frustrates me to no end. Like, you have a window behind you. You have a baseball bat. Knock out the window. Yell for people. The guy already knocked you out the window. Somebody had to heard the sh- hear, uh, hear the shattered glass. Like, come on. Of course. Of course. But I get All it. of these things, all, if, all of these arguments we're making, Lori though. If had dropped the knife. But I guess it. I don't care in the end because if he didn't make these mistakes, like if these characters don't make these mistakes, then they never die. And of course, us as the viewer, us as the horror fan, us as the gore hound, we want to see the death. We want to see the blood and the gore. And yeah, the death is good. And I'm not going to spoil that entirely, but it's, it's brutal. I mean, the one thing that I like about this movie right from the forefront is that it's, it's brutal and it doesn't pull any punches. It gives you the shit. It's, it's absolutely gory and violent as fuck and i I appreciate that um very much akin to scream yeah um and then you know moving forward here some some of the the things about the movie you know we have these two main characters um parker and miri miri and parker yep there's two friends that are college kids and they're gonna go off to quarantine and you can and definitely tell the contrast between the two as you're introduced to them. Like everybody, it's at, again, it's at the very beginning of the pandemic. So everybody's wearing masks uh, and Parker is not wearing a mask and she's taking photos even though she's outside, which I noted. Uh, and then Mary comes up and is immediately like, why isn't your mask on? Like, what are you doing without your mask? And uh, it should also be noted that, you know, Parker is all over her phone uploading to social media. Mary does too. So I think... Going back to your earlier question, Justin, about like how do I feel about phones and text boxes and all that, like I like that this movie includes like this is how people nowadays are so easily tracked. Like yeah. it's not just like I know what you did last summer, like Ben Willis sent a Julia card, right? Like this is like people are just uploading constantly. And you can yeah, always know where and, someone and, is. And literally and literally you know, these characters are gonna go to a Parker's location. dad's <laughs> cabin, right? A remote location. But she literally posts on Instagram going to the lake. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if anyone knows anything about her or her family, then they would be aware the possibility is there that she she's going to this cabin. Yeah. And I think one thing that did kind of strike me throughout the movie as kind of over the top was the on-the-nose comparisons of, like, you know, obviously the two different types of people that came out during the pandemic, those who wanted to abide by the regulations and the rules and and took it upon themselves to be better for themselves and their families and their friends and society as a whole. And then those who were more careless and more, I don't know. <laughs> like, like all those motherfuckers down in Florida that were going to the clubs and without masks and shit and those yeah. huge parties. And so it's like you and, have these you know. two different characters and you kind of get that throughout the movie, especially, you know, at the end we'll go over, but... Um, just a really good setup to show the two differences, like main differences between these girls. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, so the, the, the film carries on and they get to this, I said cabin Brady, but what I really meant was like a multi-million dollar <laughs> mansion. Yeah. Right? This is like a new England cabin. This isn't like Georgia. So clearly, at least this character, Parker, we know that she's very well off with her family. She proclaims that, oh, yeah, my dad only comes up here once a year with his buddies or some shit. And I'm like, motherfucker must have some money. I also knew they had money when she was like, my mom wanted to rent it out, but she won't. And I was like, okay, so you're just sitting on this house that you only use once a year and you're not even like that sits there. It's it's absolutely fucking gorgeous. Right. Um, And so you can see how impressed Mary is by it when they get there. Just supposed to be the two of them. Girls weekend, right? Hanging out, staying safe, 
having a few drinks, you know, just chilling, doing their thing. And that's when DJ shows up, apparently an estranged ex-boyfriend not from Parker. DJ Tanner, as everybody probably thought. No, not DJ Tanner. And so from there, the movie also kind of switches a little bit here, the dynamic, because I, I, I didn't even realize what was going to happen there. But we have a male character introduced here. And, you know, the one thing I was going to say um, right off the bat about the, the initial core group of characters, because there's not many characters in this movie. I mean, we only really have a handful here, is that they felt real mm-hmm. and genuine. And the performances by all of the actors were, it was very down to earth. And it just felt like I was there with real kids. There, They weren't caricatures of what modern kids would be. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I I mean, we talked about this in the pre-show a little bit too, but I struggle a lot with films with such tiny casts that don't spend enough time, in my opinion, developing them. I don't need a whole backstory as to why Parker's dad has this cabin in the first place. I don't need a whole backstory into why she doesn't wear a mask. I just need a little more to get me invested to really care if a person gets killed or not. Especially Oh, in so you're you're one small. of those you're one of those people that who cares, cares about, about the characters yeah. in slasher movies? Well, if I th- again, I think if you have a small cast like this, yes, if you're getting into a huge amount of camp counselors at Friday the 13th Part 6, no, I really don't give a fuck. But this is <laughs> Great three, comparison. three characters, right, total, really, that you're focused on. Like, I need a little more. But you are right. I think that they were very grounded uh, Gen Zers, I guess is what they'd be. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that I'll argue with you about. I mean, like, I, I, I don't necessarily need, like, much backstory at all mm-hmm. about these characters. And I, I, and I guess it's that I'm so used to, with horror movies today, you know, when they churn these things out, I feel like the, the modern viewpoint on this is that they almost force you to care about the characters like there's always this backstory about oh this person's father died or you know my relationship or someone committed suicide so they're trying to add this tragic element around them and this thing just goes right for the fucking throw like a a traditional you know video store slasher you just pick it up it's got a guy with a knife on it and you watch it just to see a great suspenseful horror movie with good chase scenes and i think it does that in spades i think it's not trying to reinvent the wheel it's just trying to take a basic idea we know what a slasher is right they're they're back in again and mm-hmm. i'm so happy about that for sure but it's 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 not trying to do anything in my viewpoint to really push forward and reinvent anything it's just doing a solid slasher movie so to me it didn't really matter that i didn't really know much about these kids at all other than they're at a cabin in a remote location and there's a stalker on the loose. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't need much more than that to get me invested in what I'm watching the movie for in the first place, mm-hmm. which is the horror elements. So I guess I would say, like, I don't I don't mean that I need a bunch of backstory. I just, there, you know, in movies you have, you know, let's say Parker makes a bunch of decisions while she's running that show the, the type of person she is. Like, she's very creative. She's very innovative. Like, I felt like I didn't get that. Like, um, what was it? Mike Flanagan's Hush from 2016, I think. Uh, with yes. that's great, great film in my opinion of Home Invasion, um, iconic mask, which in this one you don't really have, uh, and 
I think you just get a sense of who the character of Maddie is in that movie. And I get it's a one-on-one situation there opposed to three different characters. But I think I will, I will argue real quick. You said iconic mask for Hush. It was iconic until he took it off like half an hour into the movie. It was <laughs> yeah. just a regular ass motherfucking dude. And that, you know what? That's one thing I will criticize this for. And I get that, you know, slasher villains, it's really hard to, to reinvent that. It's, it's hard to come up with something fresh in terms of the look and the design. But God damn it, can we just please get away from guys with black fucking hoodies? Please. With ski masks or what? It's like, I think Trick did it, you know, uh, the Patrick Lussier movie from a few years ago, which was terrible, by the way. Mm. Um, they're just putting, you know, tall white dudes in fucking black hoods. Which is scary. I, I mean, dude, I see like kids, like five or six kids like that at the gym every day. You see kids that look like that at the grocery store. To me, maybe in the 80s and 90s, that was a, you know, when you saw a dude with his hood up, you might have thought, hey, that dude's trouble. Or he's just like fucking an athlete and he just got done working out or something. But to me, it, I guess in terms of the silhouette, it worked very well in this movie. Because I will say there are some amazing fucking shots of you seeing, you know, I won't say who because there's a number of different stalkers in this movie. Spoiler alert. There's not just one person. And that's a pretty cool moment when you find that out because you didn't know that. Yeah. But I'm just, you know, I guess maybe we expect too much in the horror world, but there's little things you could do to differentiate your villain in comparison to what we've already seen. And here, I just, here's the thing too. With this movie, like, I don't know. It's marketed as a slasher. I think it definitely is, but it's also home invasion. And so I think that the design of the invader would work fine if that's the type of movie it was. Does that make sense? Like the black mask, the black clothing, if you're invading a home, like I get that, but this was a slasher. So I need more. I need something iconic. I need something like, you know, you don't even have to have a mask. Be disfigured. Have like I don't know. So just look fucking zany, like in a in a slumber party massacre, right? Like exactly. I mean, you know, I dare say that you know your next did it beautifully. They are just oh, yeah. people, regular people invading a home, but they have these cool animal masks, which you know lent itself to really giving this iconic imagery. Like to me, I want to remember the villain or villains as we have here, mm-hmm. and I guess you know. They thought it was just fine enough to have them in a fucking black hood, and they are wearing fucking COVID masks. So I guess that, <laughs> I guess, I in guess the end, that yeah. is kind of memorable. You know, that's what's on the poster—a white COVID mask, an N95 mask, or whatever. But um, but also, all right. So when this DJ kid gets there, they realize, you know, him and this Parker girl—they're not going to get back together. They smoke a bunch of joints, they go to bed, and then he realizes someone's in the house by someone getting inside. Of course, he fucking let him in by leaving the door wide open, which, of course, we have to allow, or else they, well, they would have found a way in anyway. And here's another part where you were talking about great shots. When DJ and Parker are outside, and then uh, Parker goes inside, behind DJ, you see something, and I don't know if you had the same thing, but I was like, is that, is that? The stalker? Yeah. Is that just a shadow? Yep, it's in the background. And then he goes oh, away and you see just the eyes. And I was like, okay, that's really fucking cool. I did like that. Yeah, that was really well done. And I think from here on, you know, just to get to the excitement of the movie, I like that the movie's not really, it, it's there's like a first act and there's a second act and that's it. I mean, it, it introduces you to the characters 
it gets you to the spot that it needs to these things need to happen and then it happens and then the movie doesn't slow down it literally just it's full force in your face you know what i mean mm-hmm. like once the stalker gets into the house it's just like unbridled fucking visceral violence the entire time and excitement chase after chase and it, it didn't let up until the end of the movie yeah no i mean i think fans of like scream 2 or i know you did last summer with those really long chase scenes are gonna like this movie a lot oh for sure because yeah i mean spoiler alert after dj gets killed i mean again he puts up a great fight and i do like that oh this movie, fantastic fight scene how both tyler and dj put up fights because they are both like pretty in shape dudes like it wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised to see them fight back against somebody even caught off guard um the kill of dj at the end of his scene i think was good cgi ruined it for me a little bit um but he gets basically stabbed a bunch of times after fighting and then impaled with a curtain rod i believe and he gets oh, dude, that was, dragged out I, I jumped out of my seat and like cheered at that yeah. i was glad they 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 went a little over the top there i was expecting cuz you know that's the thing too just saying you know we as horror fans we can be picky as shit about this stuff i don't if if your killer is walking around with a knife i i pray that not every kill is going to be like the neck getting cut, mm-hmm. just getting stabbed in the back. We we love our interesting and experimental kills. We love it when you use different elements around houses to kill your victims. And th- that was a fantastic one. Yes, it was CGI yeah. for sure, but I thought it was pretty exciting. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I One thing that I will give this movie really positive marks for is that everything becomes a weapon. Like the, you get to a point in the movie where you're looking around and you're saying, okay, like they could use this next. They could use this next. Um, I mean, there's what, a, a, a meat carver that's used towards the end uh, and then aerosol spray. So like, I think it all works out. Um, but back to the chase scene, it's just high adrenaline and there's two separate chase scenes really. And the first one I was like, I just was glued to my TV. I was like, wow, this is like really fucking good. Like who's going to get it? Like, I thought for sure one of those girls was going to die in the first chase scene. And then it ends yeah, up I did with too. Miri I did being too. horribly injured. Um, but I was still like, wow, it's amazing. Like, there's a scene where the killer comes running up after they crash the car and throws the rock through the window. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> They're like, what's he doing? And he's like picking up a rock full jog, throwing it at the window. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, mean, I liked it. No, I, I liked that too. I mean, that's the one thing. It, it's real world in yeah. the sense that these these stalkers are they're they're like going fucking crazy they really want to kill these kids yeah like they're vicious and we don't know the reason why until the end of course and we're going to get there in a few minutes here but it, the movie just again it, it it ramps itself up and then it doesn't stop until the end it's it's non-stop excitement and that's why you know when you go back to what we were saying before about character and all those things that, yes, in a perfect world, we would be able to juggle. The movie is short, sweet, to the point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's a right-to-the-neck slasher, and it doesn't take any time to fool around. You know what I mean? It's not trying to be anything else other than a high-adrenaline horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I think the characters are, are well enough where you're like, I, I rooted for them, but at the same time, I also am on the same... A mindset that hey if one of you are gonna die then that's fine with me because yeah. i don't really know what's happening i don't know until the end when it's revealed the twist if you will because we know with williamson there's gonna be a twist yeah um what did you think of the twist i thought it was fucking hilarious <laughs> uh so for listeners spoiler alert again 
uh, Parker's being chased a second time. Uh, after she had already killed one of the assailants, um, we find out as another one walks through the door that there are more than one. So another chase scene ensues. Miri is hiding at home because her leg is broken. Uh, and then Parker finally finds, almost gets killed multiple times. A car approaches. She goes up to the car, starts banging on the fucking window. <laughs> the person in the car is like, do you have a mask? Like, who's that guy out there trying to kill you? She's like, but you have to put a mask on before you come in my car. F- funniest fucking scene, I swear to God. That's that's the scene, Britt. You asked me pre-show, like, what indicated to me that the movie had comedy elements. That was it right there because I was laughing my ass off at that. But I felt like you weren't supposed to really laugh like that at that part. I think, like, it did not land well for me i was like are you serious like it, it was heavy-handed i guess but anyways but there, there, there were those people though there were those people that were like that like you can't come in here without like anyone yeah anywhere but i feel you know? like if <laughs> if if somebody was running to your car saying this guy's trying to kill me and you see them with the knife you'd be like all right just get in and we'll deal with the mask stuff later but i digress uh so she gives her a spare mask parker gets in the car puts the mask on and she's like oh this smells kind of funny. And the woman's like, like chloroform. And then out for the count, out for the count. So, um, yeah, like Justin said, it's, it's funny. I don't think it was supposed to be that funny, but uh, I mean, did you laugh Brady or were you like fucking rolling your, I eyes? was rolling my eyes. Well, I laughed. I've, I guess that's my sense of humor, <laughs> but I like stupid shit. So they get back to the house. Uh, Miri is still there crawling around. Um, the two assailants bring Parker back and then start giving the <laughs> explanation after giving her a COVID test. Uh, so as, as soon as they <laughs> laid her back and you saw them sticking the swab up their nose, I immediately was like, okay, I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. And then I connected the dots because we see earlier in the movie that Parker had to piss off her ex DJ went to a party and she was making out with some dude. Named Benji. Yep. Who she just called some random dude. Yep. Which she did just to piss DJ off. Yep. And it's it's mentioned more than once. So I was like, oh shit. I guarantee this is connected to that party in some way. Because we hadn't seen anything else in the movie. They hadn't done anything else or gone anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Who else could these people possibly be? You know what I mean? In terms of who would want to kill... We know we know who the main person is they want to kill. It's this Parker chick. Yep. Yeah. And so <laughs> And then as soon it's it's yeah. it's like they're they're talking to her and they're like, uh, did you know a Benji? And she's like, Yeah, it's just some dude. And like then like you said, Justin, like you connect to that. You're like, all right, Benji's gotta be related to them. And then you find out that Benji is actually the son of the assailants. Um and that after he was at the party where he kissed Parker, he ended up dying from COVID. And so now this family is taking it out on Parker um, and trying to exact their revenge. Parker says, no, I didn't have it. And this is the part that really fucking got me mad at this movie is where she's like, I don't have COVID. I don't have COVID. I don't have COVID. And the mom is like, positive. You were asymptomatic. And I was like, come the fuck on. <laughs> like, just stop already. Just say you had COVID five minutes ago and it's fine. I laughed so fucking hard at that. <laughs> it just, it didn't work for me. So then, uh, you know, they split up the killers. Um, and one of them goes looking for Miri because they find out that somebody's using the Wi-Fi. <laughs> 
because she's trying to get a hold of 911, but she can't get through, of course. And then the guy is like, oh man, that light's flashing. Like, come on. Again. Anyways. Yeah. So, this movie I mean, is just I, so, so over the top in the third act. Oh yeah, it is. And I'm, and I'm glad that it went there. It, to me, it was like a breath of fresh air. And it really just, it, I laughed a lot at it. And I'm glad that it had those, I guarantee you they were intentional, Brady. Humor elements to it. Comedic elements, if you will, rather. And, you know, the movie ends on a high note. You know, those antlers. Mm. I haven't seen an homage to Silent Night, Deadly Night in a while. And I, that was clearly one oh, to me. Yeah. That was a the good fucking one. dude. The so so, you know, the girls get away. They do is so great when they fucking hit a bottle. Miri hits the mom over the head with a what a, a wine bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they push her through a glass door. <laughs> yeah. And they go upstairs, and Miri grabs and takes a meat cutter, like one of those electric yeah. fucking like you cut your turkey with, it's like a bush, tr- uh, bush trimmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the, the the dude comes upstairs, and they get him in the ankle. You Ugh. feel that. Oh, and then of course. They push him over the railing and then right onto the antlers yep. and a brutal death. But it doesn't end there. They they think they're good to go and they run out to go. What is that? Is that like a golf cart? What yeah, is that? it's like Fucking a little all-terrain gator. vehicle. Yeah, it's like gator, one of the okay. you take them on a farm. Yeah, or like if you're going to go hunting or some shit. Yeah, yeah, The mom is still alive, which everyone knows. If you're the viewer, you're like, she ain't dead. She just got thrown through a fucking couple, you know. The killer always comes back for one final scare. And, dude, it's funny because as the, this, that's why I like watching these movies with my wife because she is literally that person in the theater that will say out loud like, that bitch ain't dead. You didn't kill her. She ain't dead. And when they're running away, instead of walking over like a normal person would like, oh, are you dead? You're not? Okay. You know, hit them in the head with a hammer until they're gone. But, you know, then we, we need our last scare. We need our last little showdown. And they, we have it in this barn where uh, they're trying to put gas into this all-terrain vehicle. And Parker ends up pouring it all over the mom. And then Miri lights her on fire. And it's it's pretty epic. Do you, you know, think she runs- that... The, so the mom's name is Pamela. Is that Pamela. that's got to be a a call out to Friday the Thirteenth, right? Especially with it coming out on the Thirteenth, Friday the Thirteenth. It's Not it's definitely that, I would have to say that. And they mentioned Jason Voorhees yeah. earlier on in the movie, and as she well, has so. the axe that she's trying to kill them with at the end. So that made me think, all right, yeah. no sweater, but you know. Well, think about it. I mean, the parallels to Friday the Thirteenth are very clear to me, Brady. I mean, you killed my son. Now we're coming to kill you. We're going to pick off anyone that gets in the way until I get to you. Mm-hmm. It's it's Pamela Voorhees one on one for sure. I saw a lot of parallels with Friday the Thirteenth. You know, they're out. They're in the woods. Yep. You know what I mean? They're at a lake. She's on a raft so at one all, point. Yeah. Yep. All of those things really connected. I mean, just the, the only difference is that these killers are look boring as fuck and are just wearing shit that they bought, you know, at the local thrift store. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I, I just, it pulled up Pamela and I said, oh, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I immediately from the get go, as soon as we saw what the setting was going to be, I was like, oh, okay. It's kids at a cabin. You know what I mean? There's a killer on the loose. Okay, Friday the thirteenth. And 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 I felt like it was it was done subtly. It wasn't like over the top yeah. on the nose or anything like that. 
So all of that worked, and I think the movie ends on a high note. We see the mom literally laying there, burning to death, on fire, and, and the cops show up, and it's like this nice, beautiful little shot, and it, you know, ties it all up with a nice little bow on top, and gives you a kiss, and Tuck, titles roll, tucks you in, yeah. Yeah, tucks you in. I think I, there's one thing we haven't talked about that I have to give credit for is director John Hyams, who directed this. Um, the name immediately didn't ring a bell when I started watching this, but then, you know, doing a little bit of research pre-show, um, I had realized that he had done Alone from 2020, which I really, really enjoy, yeah. which was another uh, thriller horror film it good. Um, in which, which a girl is stalked. Um, by a homicidal maniac in the wilderness. So a lot of those parallels are there. I found that movie to be great. It also starred one of the same actors. Um, Mark McCaca. I'm going to, well, good thing you said it because I was going to say I'm going to butcher it. I had to look it up beforehand. (laughs) Who I fucking love from Ozark. He is absolutely fantastic in that show and he plays a threatening villain in that and in this and and, and as well as Ozark, he's very threatening in that. He's a fantastic actor. Loved him in this, and I thought he was even more brilliant and alone. So, I mean, fantastic job by John Hyams. The movie has a very professional look and feel to it. It feels like it's directed by someone that knows how to direct a good movie. Um, It's not too glossy or anything, or too Hollywood, Mm -hmm. but it, it looks like it was made by a very competent filmmaker. And that was one of the things I enjoyed a lot about it. Another thing was, I, I thought the music was really on point too by Nima Fakara. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, really, really it, good. There was one point though, and I don't know if anyone else is going to notice this, where literally the notes to the score were pulled directly from Man of Steel. Were they if you really? listen at the end, yeah, like when they're going upstairs, oh. it's literally Man of Steel. He had done the the score to Becky mm-hmm. a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's been a couple other things that he's done that I've seen, but it, I was like, oh man, this is literally point for point. It's Man of Steel, but I don't think any horror fans are going to notice that. It's just you know the the cinephile in me that listens to a lot of film scores. It just connected. I was like, that's what it is. But here we are, Brady. Ooh. We're at the conclusion of this movie, Sick, which just landed on Peacock. Sick, bruh. It's sick, bro. I, I, I still say, I, I mean, I see a lot of people on film Twitter and horror Twitter and the like really championing this movie. And I, I think it's for good reason. I think it was a solid, fun slasher movie. Nothing too special, but I, I think the, the dialogue is witty enough. I think the characters are just good enough. And I think that the acting is very solid. I think everyone here was extremely well portrayed and well acted i didn't think there was i just didn't find anyone to be a weak spot okay. and i think the fact that there was so few characters we benefited in that way where we didn't have to pay attention to a lot of other people it was like core group and there it was so any final thoughts before we give a trash it or treasure it on this brady no no final thoughts other than i do want to say that the cinematography was done really well too i think it was by yes. yarn levy and uh I, I don't know. It, it made everything feel very eerie, even if the overall movie didn't land for me. Uh, the cinematography was very, very I mean, on point. While you're talking to me about it, it sounds like you liked a lot about it. So I guess. Yeah, but is that enough to make me treasure it? I don't know. We'll have to see. We're going to ask you right now, Brady, trash oh, wow. it or treasure it. Um, so here's the thing. It's another Scream ripoff movie, the type that we always love because we love scream um there's just nothing meta quote unquote about it 
Uh, and Which is good. It doesn't of. need that. But again, like I've already said my complaints about it. I would just wish that I had more distinguishing characteristics between the characters of Parker, Miri, DJ. Um, everything on screen felt mostly lackluster to me. Um, in the first half of the movie, chase scene gets really good. Uh, but it's just so heavy handed with his commentary on COVID. And like, although I said, I don't think it's too soon to, to have movies, especially horror about COVID. I think that you don't need to be so over the top with it and you can be more subtle about it. Um, and just include it into the fiber of the movie. Um, because honestly, this movie didn't need to be COVID related for it to still work. You know, like they could still have gone to a cabin and all this stuff could have happened. Um, you could have just as easily have had she, you know, fed this kid alcohol after making out with him and he got into a drunk driving accident. And you could have still had the same movie. Uh, so I don't feel like they really incorporated COVID into it in a very uh, meaningful and effective way. <clears throat> um, but there are some good parts about it, like the weaponry, the kills, even the CGI ruined it a little bit. Um, <sighs> I got to treasure it. And I didn't think I was going to, but over the course of this episode, I changed my mind. I was gonna because I was literally gonna reach through this computer and grab you, and if you because I, I understand the flaws that it had, but it seems like you enjoyed it more than you disliked it. Yeah, I think I can look past the things that I didn't like about it and do what you said and just say like, this is a slasher movie. Like, I don't need it to be a masterpiece. I don't need it to be an Ari Aster film. You know, I can take it for what it is and and enjoy it. And uh, it's not like you're not sitting in your seat bored after two hours like you said it's very lean it's very mean and and that's kind of what we're looking for lean mean killing machine and it is, it is short yeah. it's literally a, a proper runtime of what a traditional slasher horror movie would be and of course you know lockstep with you brady i'm also going to treasure it and i you know I, i've already championed enough in this review but i, I appreciate movies like this mm-hmm. that present you with something a si- very simple idea and they do it really, really well. And they're not trying to impress you, really. They're just trying to give you a good, solid movie. And I will say, it, for those fans that were expecting, oh, well, Kevin Williamson's name on it, I, I think it's unfair sometimes, you know, to expect the highest level of whatever it is you're thinking just because of one name on it. Mm-hmm. Yes, he produced it. Yes, he wrote it. I think it was very cleverly done, and it did feel like a modern version of what Kevin Williamson is known for with his horror movies. Um, and I, I think his DNA is all over the thing. And I slightly disagree with you, Brady. I think that the COVID aspects are integral to what the movie's trying to do because I think at this point in time, it's really wanting the audience to allow themselves to let their guard down and just, hey kind of poke fun at how silly a lot of the things were. I know a lot of people died. I'm not saying COVID was silly or anything, but how we as a society acted and how crazy some people got over this and how it really just overtook everybody's lives in such an extreme way. So it's fine now for us as a horror audience to sit down, you know, kind of let out a sigh of relief and go, it's fine now that we can kind of look back at this as this time in our life and just have fun with it. You know what I mean? Where a couple years ago, I don't think anyone could have done that with this movie, let alone this movie ever being released in the first place, taking place with COVID-related elements. You know, so. you know what would have been a really good mask for these characters? is Do you remember the videos and the photos that came out of people at like Walmart and grocery stores that had the weirdest fucking contraptions Dude, to like their the faces? Saran yeah, can you imagine if they the showed up with saran wrap all over them? <laughs> Dude, Wearing like a fishbowl on their head? Some of the shit we saw, I think I saw someone wearing one of those T-Rex Halloween costumes, yeah, 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 yeah. getting groceries too or something. It was, 
Oh man, I I did see a guy that had like, it was like a fucking a blue tarp you would use for mm-hmm. like automotive purposes, like duct tape around him, and it looked like a cape, and he had like saran wrap over his. Fa- it was the craziest shit. But that's what we saw during that time. I mean, it would have been interesting had they implemented something like that. But again, I digress. The the killers are effective in a suspenseful way. In how brutal they are. They are very frightening. I just wish that there would have been a little more creativity put into the design. I mean, it's literally like, fuck it, we'll just have them wearing black hoods and, and black outfits. And I get it. It's scary, but it's for, it's been done to death. So um, that's it, ladies and gentlemen, for this Brain Stew Fresh Fright review of Sick, directed by John Hyams. If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry we spoiled the whole thing. But if you have seen it, let us know what you think in the comments of this post. If you like what you're hearing, if you love what you're hearing, if you fucking hate us and you want to tell us that we should die tomorrow and never record a podcast again, leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify. And if you haven't followed us yet, we are on social media at Epic Film Guys, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're literally everywhere where podcasts are found. Come find us. Come be one of us. Come say hi. Come say hi. You be be one of us. And yeah, uh, hopefully... You'll enjoy our long, long list of library of podcasts that we have available. Until next time, I'm Justin. I'm Bretty. And as always, we like to ask you to keep it <gasps> creepy. creepy.